like one of my most frustrating things before I met Melanie is my social media. I have been to other people at social media. They've all been telling me different things. I wasn't getting traction and I was getting so frustrated. And I told her, I was honest with her. I said, you know, I feel emotionally depleted. I feel that I'm giving all this attention and no one's writing back. And just like what Matilda did with you, my networking, Melanie stepped in and she gave me tweaks. She gave me tweaks on my content creation. She gave me tweaks on engagement. And since then, I've seen my engagement increase. I've seen my following increase. Now, am I at thousands yet? No, but you know what? I'm on my way to thousands. I'm on my way to the million mark. I'm on my way. And that's what I needed. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, this is working. And now I'm not scared of social media. I'm not I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn this. Like, I got this. You know what I mean? And now I go on and I like scroll and like, and then, you know, I have my spreadsheet, of course, too. But, but you know, it. It's a matter once I once I learned that every mountain can be broken down to hills, it became a lot less scary. Welcome to the Social Media Love Podcast, where you will discover how to get more clients on social media with proven social selling strategies. And now, your host, social media marketing coach, influencer, speaker, and founder of Social Media Love, Angelique Benet. Social media, love it or hate it? In a world where the average daily screen time is almost seven hours a day, including social media, how can women entrepreneurs get a piece of this marketplace and finally fall in love with their fear of becoming visible, i.e. sharing their voice, ideas, stories, irresistible lucrative offers, beliefs, leadership and expertise with a community of like-minded individuals in a way that feels good, genuine and healthy. This show is exactly about this via storytelling, interviews and social media marketing tutorials. Every week we add a piece to the puzzle. Welcome to Social Media Love Show and welcome to the conversation. Welcome to the real story behind our business uh, with Christina Lucia today from New York. Yay! So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Angelique Binet. I'm the founder of Social Media Love, and I help women leaders to fall in love with their fears of becoming visible. And then when I say visible, I say, how do we use our voice, our ideas, our beliefs, our irresistible offers, our leadership online? And um, as we are recruiting new clients, we also build a legacy, we build our message, we impact people. So that's what fascinates me, and that's why I have you on this show, Christina, is I want to hear the story behind your business because it's always fascinating to me. And I know your story is also fascinating. I just read the little bio and I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> but first, I want you to introduce yourself and your friend because yes. we have a friend. Yes, we, I have a friend here with me. So I am Christina Lucia. I am the author of my upcoming book series. I write, I'm a blogger. I'm about to become a podcaster. I'm working on my first podcast um, series right now as well. And my sidekick, the main star of the show, is here with me right now. This is Bella. <laughs> I love it. Bella is the main character of the children's series. And she's actually the main inspiration behind everything I write. Um, one of the things I did after I started my first blog is after writing my first blog for a while, I realized I was supposed to become an author and through discovering that, oh, this is so IG can see her too. 
um, through becoming an author and writing the series, like I got a second idea for a blog. And so she actually is the main inspiration behind my second blog as well, where I write a diary about her and her mom. And essentially it's my mom and I. So it really is a form of a love letter to my mom and mom and me. And it's really been an amazing experience writing. So cute. I love it. So yeah, keep her in the show. Like don't hesitate. She's here. She's happy. She loves the camera. She's like me. We love the so, camera. <laughs> so obviously, uh, you serve kids. Like, tell us, you know, before we go into your story, tell us who you serve on this planet and and what you do to help them. Absolutely. So I serve both parents and children through my storybooks and coloring books that I create, and as well as my toys. With the storybooks, my focus is on communication between parents and children. And what I focus on is I focus on um I focus on transitions and skills that we learn at any age at, I would say, I, I, I apologize, I just said at any age, that we all learn. It doesn't matter where we are from in the world. It doesn't matter who, where we're from, our race, our gender, sexual orientation. If we strip that all away, we're all human. And every transition and every skill that Bella learns in the books is something we can all relate to. And she goes through a cycle when she learns each one, where she experiences feelings of both negativity, and then she becomes, then she finds feelings of positivity. And she discovers that where each character, so excuse me, each character. So what happens is when she does get scared, she'll confide in one of her parents or another special adult, and that adult will relate to her and say, well, I still get scared about this, or I still need, still need help with blah, blah, blah. And it's a moment of relatability. And then she's given something to help her through the transition. And when she's able to get through the transition and has that victory, she is then able to share it with one of her friends and share her lesson and become the teacher. And at the back of every book, I have a reader's guide, which is a gentle suggestion of what I write, what I'm writing about, and a way for you as a caregiver, you as a parent to apply it to your household because every house is different. The other way I carry this even further from the books is I always storyboard when I when I illustrate because I am an artist as well. So I do all my illustrations in addition to writing my books and blogs. And with coloring, it's a calming activity. And so I actually have a gift for your audience. I have a pumpkin activity kit that I love to share. And the reason why I always have coloring in every gift, I always have the coloring book to accompany each book. Because coloring is a simple activity that you can do with your children or they can do alone. And it has the same benefits at any age level. It's screen time free. It's an opportunity for you to adapt lessons. It's a great way for conversations to start. And it's just a wonderful way to express yourself, even as an adult. You have, if you're, think about it, if you're in a business meeting, which I know I was on Wall Street for a long time, that doodle can like get you through the meeting, you know, sometimes you just need to allow that energy. And it's the same thing with your child, you know, maybe they had a great day, or maybe they just need to get it out there. And it's just a great way for observation. It's a great way for conversations to be explored and had. I love this. So that brings me to my first question. How, how, how would you describe the little Christina when you were maybe five or seven? 
what was your thing that you know uh, outside of probably going to school maybe not but um what were you doing that really shaped who you became now as a curiously curated creations of christina lucia <laughs> so i've always been a creative always i actually at seven years old is when i started my formal art lessons and i always loved to dance i i still i am an active latin dancer i compete um i'm a competitive latin dancer and that was there at that age. Like I would run around my parents' living room with the records playing. This is when records were like not retro. This is when records were like the thing. This is before tapes and CDs. And I was always creating, always doing that and always drawing. I was also, I was also very avid with puzzles. I love, I still do. I love puzzles. And I feel like that's where the curiosity comes in is that eagerness to like figure something out, that overachieverness. It's also at the age where my first spring dream became solidified, where I told my parents I wanted to become a Walt Disney artist. That was my dream to draw all day. And the irony, here I am now illustrating my children's series. And here I am now actively dancing and competing international Latin. So even at that age, I still had this path. The difference between me and that little girl now is the woman that I am now is living her dream fully. You know, I didn't um, quite fit in where I grew up. I wasn't surrounded by creatives. I always felt awkward and out of place, even though I was acknowledged that I had a talent for these things, that I had a very creative entrepreneurial spirit, a little girl. But now as a grown woman, I have the maturity and the tools to be able to pursue it. And I'm proud of that little girl. I'm proud of that little girl for being so creative. I'm proud of that little girl for choreographing to oldies and for drawing and not being scared to put her artwork on the wall. Like I'm not, I'm very proud of her for her courage. I love that favorite. story. Yeah. So tell me, so, okay. I love it. You're like living the dream, but so yeah. let's, let's go back. Okay, yes, the little girl, yes, and then yes. what? Where were you at before you know really becoming and embodying exactly the dream of you know your childhood? Where, where were you at, or what was your most burning desire at the time before you know opening this? Um, I call this yeah. business, but it's it's more than just a business. It's also yeah. a creation path uh you're an artist you're a writer yeah. so tell me more about what was the burning desire before that that make you shift to where you're at now it was it was bubbling for a while i i remember clearly i got because i got injured in 2018 and it forced me to pause from everything my dancing my my job etc and it gave me time to think so i was sitting on the sofa crocheting because when you're in Injured with an Achilles tendon, especially after the surgery, you can't put any weight on it. You're stuck. And for me, a New Yorker who's like always on the go, like let's go, go, go. Um, it was, <laughs> it was an adjustment. And I remember very clearly. I'm actually not a huge fan of the show, but I, um, I was watching Friends because so many of my coaches love the show, and I wanted to be able to understand the jokes. And when I was watching Jennifer Aniston's character debate quitting her job, I thought. Oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. And, and I thought, well, wait, what do I do? And I kid you not, that Saturday, my friend Alex came over and we were having tea in my living room. And he said, what are you doing? 
you're an artist, you're a creative. That idea was simmering. And he literally gave me that like nudge I needed. And after that, I started networking and I found my way to my career coach. And so when I got laid off in 2019, I was already pivoting for a year. And it was through going to another corporate interview where I realized, oh my gosh, I can't repeat this pattern again. And that's really when I believe for many people, transitions happen. Because when you recognize your pattern and you, re you realize you have a choice not to keep repeating the same hamster wheel, you're like, whoa, I don't want to do this again. And that's what happened. And so then I literally, I was fumbling in my meeting with my coach, Matilda. And I said, I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. She said, I agree. And once I declare myself an entrepreneur, so many things opened up. I was pitching these characters, another idea. These characters kept getting all the traction. They kept getting all the attention, which is why I pursued it. And I had been thinking for years I was going to blog, but I couldn't figure out what to blog about. And once I had the characters, I was like, oh, I'm going to tell stories to the characters. And then through blogging every day, I got down my blogging rhythm. And through blogging, I realized I let go of my imposter syndrome. And I realized I'm a writer as well. I'm not just an artist. Because that was my second dream as a little girl, actually. After a Walt Disney artist, my second dream was to be a children's illustrator because I never thought I was a good writer. I never thought I could do what I'm doing right now. And blogging made me realize, no, you can do this. You got this. Like, no, you're a writer. You got this. And now it's funny because now I, I do proudly say, yeah, I'm an artist, dancer, and author. That's who I am. This is what I do. And I own it now. And that's that's one of the most amazing things in my life is to be able to stand in front of you and stand in front of the world and say, nope, this is who I am. This is what I am. I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm a I'm an illustrator and I'm a dancer too. I'm all of it. <laughs> how did you, how did you, um, what helped you to shift your, your um, belief systems around, you know, opening up to, yes, I am this and this and that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I am it. Don't even question it anymore. I am yeah. this. Yeah. How, what happened? What was the, the pivot for you? Like what helped you go through the phases yeah. of becoming this person? You know, I think because like one of my love languages is words of affirmation and through my healing work that I've done for myself, I realized that when I see people giving me feedback as acknowledgement, as opposed to recognition, it gives me a freedom. That was a big learning curve for me, both spiritually and personally. So when I started this business, I did have that understanding And with that understanding, I was able to listen to my audience because the first two main characters were actually bears. And I still have them on my website. Like I still have the bears. They're going to appear as other characters in the series as I develop it further because they're named after my grandma and my grandpa because that's why I'm a Lucia. I'm named Lucia after my grandmother, who we all knew as Lucy, but, but, but baptized Lucia. And so that was really important. I thought, no, I want grandma and grandpa to be my main characters, to be my main inspiration. But I saw people kept gravitating towards the elephants. So that was something because I'd worked on that acknowledgement as opposed to recognition, I was able to listen to my audience and realize, okay, like this is where I need to go. I need to like walk down this path. I need to test this out. With the blogging, 
I always felt comfortable as a storyteller because I didn't originally consider myself a writer. That took me a little bit of time to acknowledge that and to learn that. And when I was young, a family friend called me a storyteller and pointed out. And my mom was actually very, very adamant of like, you're so dramatic. You're so dramatic. So I was always known as a storyteller. So when I started writing, I approached this storytelling. And, but then I realized when I discovered how important the books were, not only for me, but for my characters, for my mission, I couldn't figure out for a hot second why the team that I was working with at the point, I'm with a different team now, but that team that I was originally, when I realized I need to be, I need to become an author with, was so confident in me. I was like, but I'm not a writer. I didn't go to school for this. That was like my first story. And I thought, no, wait, it's your blogs. You're an avid blogger. They're reading your blogs. They know you can write. They know you can write a story. And that's when I realized you're doing this. You're already doing this. And that was a lot of personal healing work. It's a lot of 12-step work, uh, putting that trust in it. I actually... This blog isn't posted yet, but I actually wrote a blog that will be coming out in the next month where I say something to the fact that if you put faith both in yourself and others, you will end up where you're supposed to be. And if something doesn't work out, like for example, like when I pitch somebody or like I write to, I write some, to somebody and I don't hear back, I'm like, it's okay because your higher power, in my case, is God. I'm Catholic. So for me, my higher power is God. Your higher power knows where you want to be. And I do believe that God sees my life journey and he knows what I'm praying for and he understands where I want to be. And so if something doesn't work out, if he's closing a door on me, it's because he wants me to keep walking down the hallway. And with my faith, I'm making a choice to keep walking. And I'm I'm grateful I made that choice to believe in myself, to believe and stand up and say, you know what? I'm an author. I'm a writer. I can do this. Yeah. And the the thing that I like about um, what you wrote to me at first is that you spent 19 years, right, in the corporate world. Yeah. (laughs) I I just love those stories, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many years. (laughs) Yeah, so I just want to bring that up because I know there are a lot of women leaders uh, listening to us or watching the replay or listening to the podcast. And um, it's there is no right time or wrong time, right? When you're ready, you're ready. You're ready. That's it. You're ready. And the other thing too, because I actually talked about this earlier on another recording, I don't regret my time in corporate. I learned so much by working in that environment. Yes, I did not fit in. Yes, I realized that. I did not fit in. That's obviously why I am where I am right now. But it enhanced my natural... I do have a natural sense of discipline. And it definitely enhanced that. It taught me to work with multiple personalities. And as an entrepreneur, I'm writing to mommy influencers. I'm writing to mommies. I'm writing to podcasters. I'm pitching to... I'm starting to pitch to news right now. I'm writing to different blogs. Like you start... As an entrepreneur, you're, I describe it as like an octopus sometimes. And I, I know you're in the same boat too. We're reaching out to so many people and corporate's no different. Every analyst has a different rhythm. They have, I worked in research, so they all had different weekly reports. They all like things the way they like them. I, I mean, I have bosses that would want 
that 6 a.m. flight and had meetings from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I had the other bosses like, no, please, I need to be in by 5 p.m. the night before. I want my dinner at a nice table. I want to be done at 5 p.m. I want to be back home to my family. Like, it's just the way it is, you know. And then keep in mind, there's also a lot of events I worked on at that time. And you have these major companies that only want to present on Tuesday at that 11.45 slot. And your bosses, it's your job for your bosses to take those notes. So in the following year, you remember. So when you're working out the agenda, you know, immediately, okay, this is the company that they don't get their slot. They're going to have a cow. And like, it just it is what it is. And as an entrepreneur, I feel I doing those things all the time, all these like disciplines, all these adjusting how I pitch, what I say, you know, um, how I engage with people. And, but the thing that's always the same, and it was always the same for any analyst I worked with, it comes from a sense of honesty and love. It comes from a sense of, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm, I never lied. The only time I lie is a white lie. And that's only for a birthday surprise, which I did. And I got my boss really well one year with a birthday surprise. And I knew he was embarrassed because he kept making excuses of how I screwed up. I'm like, I got you, dude. Like, just admit it. Like, I got you. But same thing when I'm running to people, you know, it's something, you know, I, I really do believe in honesty. I believe in being respectful to people's platforms, how they do things. And that's all I learned that all in corporate. I mean, I, I learned at other places too, but corporate definitely enhanced it, definitely solidified it. So no experience is a bad experience. <laughs> no. And so what was the biggest hurdle for you um, to create, you know, to live the corporate world and make, you know, give it a sell, like becoming a business? You had the, the dream in mind, but what was yeah. the big hurdle for you to become the, the business you are in right now? I think the biggest fear was classic money, that mentality. I read a book called The Latte Factor, mm -hmm. and that really revolutionized my thinking. And I still have those same three priorities, and I have not felt deprived in any way, shape, or form. Um, that was my biggest thing, um, was like the money factor. The other big factor was when you declare yourself an entrepreneur and I realize yourself and other people listening, there's no roadmap. And as much as I'm a free spirit, that was scary for the first second. But luckily I had a year to prepare. And that first year of my pivot where I was still working in corporate, I was with my coach Matilda, I was fine tuning my, um, fine-tuning my um, my networking skills, meaning I was always, I like she told me, you're going to be fine at networking. You're a great networker. I can already tell already. But it was like the subtle things I wasn't doing before. Learning how to write the cold email. I can't stress how important that skill is. It's like when you first hear it, it's one of the scariest things I've ever learned to do. But now I'm like, ding, 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 ding. And, uh, and you know, now my skill is enhancing because now I'm learning to pitch to different people. I'm learning to pitch more effectively. And so that's like another skill. So once I got over this hurdle that these are all skills and I can learn them. And that was the biggest thing. And once you, once I got over those skills and like when I met my strategist, Melanie, like who actually I met you through, that was another big moment 
in my author career because I saw magic happening. Like one of my most frustrating things before I met Melanie is my social media. I have been to other people with social media. They've all been telling me different things. I wasn't getting traction and I was getting so frustrated. And I told her, I was honest with her. I said, you know, I feel emotionally depleted. I feel that I'm giving all this attention and no one's writing back. And just like what Matilda did with you, my networking, Melanie stepped in and she gave me tweaks. She gave me tweaks on my content creation. She gave me tweaks on engagement. And since then, I've seen my engagement increase. I've seen my following increase. Now, am I at thousands yet? No, but you know what? I'm on my way to thousands. I'm on my way to the million mark. I'm on my way. And that's what I needed. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, this is working. And now I'm not scared of social media. I'm not I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn this. Like, I got this. You know what I mean? And now I go on and I like scroll and like, and then, you know, I have my spreadsheet, of course, too. But, but you know, it. It's a matter once I, once I learned that every mountain can be broken down to hills, it became a lot less scary. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. All right, I got this. And same thing when I illustrate, like it doesn't daunt me. Like that never daunted me. But like it's like the same thing. You know, you break it down, and when I write, you break it down, and then you, you get yeah. it done. Yeah. So. I love, let's talk about social media. What's your relationship with social media? How did it shift it since, you know, you, you learned the, the behind the scene of what a real social media strategy is, you know, how do you feel now about when you show up like what do tonight or how does that feel to you now? It feels better. You know, I feel more confident. I feel I definitely feel more comfortable on certain platforms. And again, I think that goes into understanding how each platform works and how people interact on each platform. Like when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm definitely more businessy. I use it more as a resource. I use it more to find a way to connect with someone in the business way. Whereas Instagram I see it more as a development. I see it more as like I'm dating an account. Like I'm getting to know them. But now when I'm networking, like as my friend, one of my good friends here in the city, she's inviting me to various events. She's part of the social club. And when I go there, I actually, I mean, yes, you always want someone's email. I mean, we're both business women. We know that. We want the email. You want them on the email. I was like, that's a big deal. But if I've only talked to you once, I actually like connecting you on Insta first because it gives me a talking point and it gives me a little more color into who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. So like I, I'm really, I'm learning how to use social media as a tool, not just a fun, like kill my day. Like, <laughs> do you, know, you know what I mean? Because honestly, nowadays I feel like Instagram and TikTok gives me a little bit of a headache. So like, I'm not on there very often, only when I have to be, um, I, I, I'm trying to get over that fear, but I just, sometimes I'm like, I'm just tired. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't watch all these videos. <laughs> but, um, but like with Instagram, cause like, again, it's a combination of, you know, it's co- the combo of pictures and reels and all this stuff. It feels like the old days when we would just sit and watch TV for hours on end, you know, before streaming existed. You know what I mean? It's That's like, a good like, comparison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like old school TV, you know? It's like, 
we just shifted it. We just shifted the devices. And I'm waiting for it to shift back to television. I'm like, when is it going to be somebody like some influencers like, I'm doing it only on TV. I'm like <laughs> waiting for a Kardashian to like swear off like some social media platform or create their own <laughs> through the television or something. Like they probably are developing it right now for all I know. <laughs> So that was your relationship with social media as you become the entrepreneur you always dreamed to be. Yeah. Now, what about your relationship to money? We talked touched a little bit of, about it like before you became an entrepreneur. Yeah. How did entrepreneurship change or modify your relationship to money, would you say? Yeah, I feel it made me focus on the why. Um, when I was in corporate, because I would get frustrated, because I would be stuck at this desk for how many hours a day and feeling like I was hitting roadblocks, I noticed that I would get obsessed with the things. Like I would get obsessed like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go shopping this weekend or, oh, wait, Christmas is coming up. Like, let me make the list of the kid gifts I need to get. Whereas now it's more like, why do I, why do I need this? Like I'm not frustrated and bored anymore. So I don't feel the need to fill my day with shopping. And it's more of a why, or it's more of a purpose. Like one thing, like with my business, and I've said this from the very beginning, like I'm not, I, my goal always financially is to be secure, is to feel secure. You know, I'm a big saver, I'm a big planner, that's fine. Like I do have, yes, I do have those dream purchases, but for me, it's more, you know what? I want to put a little bit away each year for it. Like I don't have a, deadline on it the way I did when I was in corporate where I felt like oh, if I can walk into work with this bag I'll feel fabulous I'll feel great because what I realized is that with money and things things don't fill our emotional tanks they don't give us back energy people give us back energy experiences give us back energy and one thing that I I, I like to share actually um as an entrepreneur, I feel one of the biggest lessons I've learned is I function like I have the lowest budget or no budget at all. And it forces you to be creative. And because there's so many resources out there that cost nothing. And you can get your word out and you get your feet wet and you can make your mistakes. Because it's so easy when you start a business, like, okay, I need pens, I need this, I need this membership, that. And like, as much as you don't. You just need little to nothing. So that's why I love talking about how I started with blogging because it cost me no money. Like I already had a website. It cost me nothing extra to add a page on for my blog. I was using a Word, doc, Word, doc, Word docs, which I already had on my computer. It cost me no extra money. Only thing it cost me was my time and I'm paying myself. So that's like, you know, I don't have to worry about paying me. I'm fine. You know what I mean? I'm good. So yeah. that's, I do feel it's, giving me freedom too because I don't feel this pressure of like oh, I have to get a coffee before work today or else I'm like the poor one or you know I mean like just those those stories those pressures are relieved which is really freeing really freeing <laughs> yeah I love how you describe it you're, you're such a good storyteller by the way thank you thank you <laughs> I, I do love a good story I do <laughs> so now, what's your biggest fear as a woman entrepreneur, would you say? What is oh. the thing that you are very aware of, yeah. that you embrace? Yeah. 
or not? (laughs) Yeah. So the fear I have, it's not so much a fear as more of a frustration right now because the books are coming out in the spring. You know, I've been very fortunate to have podcasters like you open your doors to me and allow me to come on and tell my story. And I'm still figuring out my rhythm though of getting into schools and libraries. I do feel it's important because I am a kid person. I'm an aunt, I'm a godmother. I love kids. Like I just, at my old job, people call me the baby whisperer. They're like, you just have some energy about you. So I'm like, just get me in front of the kiddos. I know they'll fall in love with me. I have this magic. Um, You know, getting over that hump. And also even with people that have known me for years, that hear what I'm doing, like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. But then I have others who are like, girl, like, let me know about the party. I'm there. Where where do I leave a review? Da, da, da. And it's more the fear and the frustration of the people that aren't getting it, that aren't seeing that I'm on a rocket that's taking off, that aren't seeing, like, one of my biggest dreams, I say on every show I'm on, and I swear to God, I will be thanking you and every other podcaster when I get, when I reach this door. My two biggest dreams are to be on Jimmy Fallon or the regular and the today show is a regular. Here we and go. I know I'm not, I know I'm getting there because of people like you that are giving me this opportunity right now to speak and to share with your audience. And when I tell some people, they're like, oh, that's nice. It'll be great if it happens. I'm like, no, it is happening. <laughs> like you realize like I'm right here in front of you. Like what is wrong with you? And that's where like my inner child comes out and you shoot those little tantrum. And then in my, my adult self and I hugs my inner girl and says, it's okay. You're, you're, these people are saying that because they're not your people and you're going to find people that are going to be cheering you on. You're going to find people that are going to be like, I knew she was something like I knew she was special. I, I know I'm going to be, I'm meeting people. They're going to be like, you know, she was on my podcast and I, I'm so honored. She thanked all, I mean, I would say I couldn't name everybody in that moment, but you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, oh, no, I, I totally get it. You yeah. know, I want to be gracious to everyone. This like, is, you this is yeah. yeah. Everything starts with the dream and, and it, yeah. it's funny because you have to be serious about what you really want because it's, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like what's the harm of dreaming? You know, when I when I first started my journey back in that we were at conference with Matilda, I told her, I said, the three men that inspired me are Walt Disney, um, Walt Disney, Chuck Jones, who drew Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. And then of course Dr. Seuss, Ted Geisel. And then right before I declared myself an entrepreneur, I had Fred Rogers to that that Trinity. Because I watched the Fred Rogers documentary and that really just blew my mind, opened my eyes. And I so admired how he understood humanity and how he understood humans. And then like Chuck Jones, he modeled Bugs Bunny after Degas. That's why Bugs Bunny's always turned in a first position. And of course, Walt Disney, I mean, all the work he did, like, and he really, and he, that first decade I mean he almost went under even after with an Oscar and he pulled through and he figured it out and of course Ted Geisel I mean he had an imagination like no tomorrow and he was never afraid to share it you know and so when I when I so then having this dream when I met my editor Susan Crossman and I met Melanie Hersher my marketing strategist 
I was able to proudly say to them, you know, I want to be the next Fred Rogers. I want to do this. And because when I look at these four men, you know, they, they were where I was, you know, they, they figured it out. And I thought, you know what? I want to be the fifth. I want to be the woman in that, in that yeah, range. There's no women in there. I'm like, what's that? No, right? We're going to have a woman in there. I was like, what? No, I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be standing there. And I have a lot of female idols too. But when it comes to like um, those things, I thought, no, I need to be the woman. I need to break this mold, you know? And I, I have a nephew <laughs> and I have a child and I want, that's the thing too. I feel like I'm, I'm very fortunate to be an aunt and a godmother and I'm an aunt to many more kids in my life too. And I realize this isn't just me making a living. This isn't just about me healing. This isn't, this is about the other women out there, the other young girls out there. And it's also about these kiddos in my life that understand my love. You know, I keep on joking that when I go on Fallon, my nephew probably be no more, be still under five. He's two now. And I keep on saying he's at that age where it's got to be normal. It's like, oh, yeah, Aunt Christina was on NBC last night. And she does, you know, like, you know, I just, you know, and I want my, you know, my goddaughter too. She's like, oh, yes, that's my godmother. You know, she just does that. You know, she, that's, that's, yeah. She, of course she's on TV. Why wouldn't she be on TV? You know, <laughs> so Christina, talking about sharing, what do you need me to share so that we can tell more people what you do and help you get on that show? What oh, can... amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so if you go on my website, www.triplecokl.com. Um, is that the one you gave me here? Like in the simple activity to spend quality time? Is that the one? Yes. Yes. That's my landing page. Yes. Yes. Um, so I always have a landing page, a free gift for you and your child. And I now it's a pumpkin activity kit that will be sent. And I can always resend you that link for the pumpkin. Oh, I have it. I'm kit. putting it right there. You have it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that will put you on my email list. And I always have links to my website in my newsletters. And you'll get updates. Another thing I'm working on too is I uh so my goal is for to launch in the spring. That's what we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. And I am creating a special circle of people to review my books in advance. So ideally that would be in January. So again, if you're on my email list and you want to shoot me a personal email and let me know, Hey, I'd love to see the first book. I'd love to be part of the early review process. I am like all ears. I would love to have you. Um, but I do believe email is king. I mean, I'm yeah. on all oh, the yeah. platforms, but like email, I'm like email can't get around the email you know what I mean so it's <laughs> no no I agree emails are um I always say it's your um egg basket this absolutely. is where your babies are there right absolutely like you're the people you you cherish the most because they're here right so that they, yes. they want to hear yes. from you absolutely absolutely gonna, so I I put the in the comments and I think it's oh, in the description as well and I put it here at the bottom oh thank so you I can say that Okay. Yeah. Finish. I know, you know, sure. we can talk a lot. I love talking about, I love <laughs> what I love about you is how you reinforce the fact it's important to dream and believe in your dream and take yes. the action every day, yeah. no matter what others may think of you along yes. the way or, you know, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, 
I always like to ask on a good day, the best day of the week, what is something that you do? Maybe you have a routine or something you eat. You know that if you do those things, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Would you yeah. share with us? Oh my gosh. So actually I have two, two ways I do that. Um, during the summertime, I am, I, I just am a huge beach bum. I love, love, love the beach. So when it's warm enough, I lay out on the beach for five, six hours at a time with a couple of books. And I just read nonstop for hours with the sound of the ocean. The other thing I do, and actually I'm trying to work and to find something like that during the winter time because I go to the beach in the winter, but obviously I can just walk the beach. I can't lay out like I normally do because I get cold. The other thing I do is I travel. So Italy, Spain, and France are my three favorite countries in Europe, although I've been to many other countries as well. And But I make it a point now to go to Italy and Paris once a year. And oh, wow. I feel... I was just actually in Italy in August. It was my third time there. And that's when I realized that this trip, I just had to work it into a yearly, like somehow I end up there. Like I just feel so comfortable, so at home there. And then I always go to Paris every year. So I'm going to Paris next month. And I, whenever I'm in Europe, especially those areas, I feel such an exhilaration of freedom. And my favorite area in Paris is Sacre Coeur. I love walking up all the steps and going to the basilica. And every time I go to that basilica, I find something new. Like I found the garden in the back. And now my favorite restaurant, Le Vian Rose, is like down the hill. Yeah. And I just found out about this museum. So I always find a place where I'm just free of my schedule. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not worried about an email, returning an email. I'm, it's like my out of office with both of the, with all these experiences. It's just me, myself and the universe and who is ever present in my life. And that's, that's how I know it's going to be a good day. <laughs> what a beautiful way. Put in your calendar Although Bella does come with to me. Paris. <laughs> Sorry. And Bella say? does come with me. Bella does yes, come with me now course. too. We do content together. We do create content while we're over there now. <laughs> I mean, interrupt you. I just have to say that. No, Bella no, does come, though. Bella does yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. Bella is always there. It's so cute. I love Bella. Thank so, you. Christina, anything I didn't ask, I should have asked you that you want to share with us? Oh, my gosh. This is just absolutely amazing. Like, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Like, it was a beautiful interview. And I'm so grateful to connect with you. It's really an thank honor you. to be here in front of your audience. Um, one thing I would say, if I, if I did think of one thing I would say, Because I know we talked about like female businesses and whatnot. And you asked me earlier who I'm here to service. You know, I am here to service the child and the parent. And one of the ways that I do that, which is not as obvious through my books. So I was the creative child with a father who's a medical engineer and a mother who was a lifelong teacher administrator. And it was like that, shoot, I have this overly creative child what is she going to do? How is she going to make a living? And more often than not, I have adult friends that have a child version of myself. And so I do see myself as an advocate for both women and men. I won't exclude anyone to showcase you can do this. One of my proudest moments is one of my, um, one of my bosses at Barclays turned to me. He was helping me after I got laid off. And he said, his daughter's an artist. And he, he said to me, I hope my daughter is calling you for a job in a few years. Oh, and wow. that was really 
beautiful. Like, so I'm here to empower all those young girls out there and say, you can be a creative and you can live your life and voice your creativity and be true. And I know I'm number five, but I'm expecting some young lady to come up and say, Christina Lucia, I'm going to be number six with you. I'm like, let's, let's even out the score. Let's even it out, you know? <laughs> oh, that was so nice. Bella and Christina Lucia, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, if you watch the replay, let us know in the comments what, you know, strikes you. I always want to know, you know, what, what makes you you know think of things or inspire you or sometimes we we feel that we are alone but we're never alone right that's why i love that show because i want to show all of us that we're never alone yes thank Absolutely. you so much christina thank you and um i'll stop the instagram thank you instagram thank you legal guide corinne okay <laughs> And thank you so much. Stay with me backstage. You've been listening to the Social Media Love Podcast from Angelique Benet. If you want to grow your product or service business with social media, visit socialmedialoveab.com.